0: Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Coming to you from the great state of Alabama and from points located all across the U.S. eastern seaboard, it's Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. You can find us at CosmicPotato.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, situated in a small corner in Birmingham, Alabama, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew, here is your host, sean ray what
1: would you do with the brain if you had one keep the change you filthy animal hey everybody welcome to cosmic potato the super fan talk podcast uh my name is sean and uh sitting in with me tonight is anthony how you doing tonight anthony good how you doing i'm doing pretty good pretty good i all yeah.
0: jazzed up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting ready for, uh, uh, as we're recording this, Magic City Con starts tomorrow. Uh, the show will actually come out probably on Tuesday. So it'll come out after it happens. So had a great time. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've got, um, I've got three panels that I'm actually, uh, that I know I'm working on. And there's going to be a couple others that I've been invited to, to be a part of if I want. Rick's going to be there. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. You go to any uh, conventions
0: up your way? Uh, we do have a couple up our way. And I do like to get to go to some. There is one that's around September, October that we have up here called Monster Mania. That's always a good one to go to. Yeah. And actually, you may have heard of it, but that uh, pretty big Star Trek convention, um, Shore Leave. You ever hear that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's not too far away. So I actually have uh, been to it once, but I was kind of too young to really know what was going on. Yeah. Um, But I would like to... It's always on a weekend or something where I'm busy and I can't actually go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the way a lot of stuff works out for me. We used to, we used to have a convention that was called... Um, uh, I can't even remember the name of it now. We had it for two or three years, and then uh, last year... They didn't have it for some reason, and that was the first year that Magic City Con started up. And uh, and it's this is the second year for it. It's a little bit bigger this year. They're already talking about next year being ev- even bigger. Um, and next year, I'm actually going to be on the planning committee for it, so I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we're going to have we're going to be able to get some uh, some people from some uh, TV shows like The Walking Dead and things like that to to be there. This year it's mostly the celebrity guests are mostly uh voice actors from some video games like uh Mass Effect and and uh Fallout Four and stuff like that. Um, Do you know
0: who? Or can I, you name
1: names? Uh I want I pulled up the website, so uh the guests are going they're gonna have Steve Valentine, which he was uh he acted in the uh T V show Crossing Jordan. He played uh, Nigel Townsend and he's also uh, he does voices for Uncharted Two: Among Thieves. Oh, really? Who's he doing that?
0: Because actually, Harry Flynn.
1: Flynn, he's 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 Harry Flynn in the critically acclaimed PlayStation Three game Uncharted Two: Among Thieves, and he's in the uh, Disney XD sitcom I'm in the Band as Derek Jupiter. And then uh, he's there's also going to be uh, Danny Chirago. He plays John Hancock in Fallout Four.
0: Huh.
1: And then, uh, Jennifer Hale. Jennifer Hale's done a lot of, uh, cartoons and some video games. She does a, she has a voice in, uh, Mass Effect and then she's been in some, some cartoons. I looked at her IMDB, IMDB page a while back and she's got a lot of credits to her name. She's actually going to be giving, uh, voice, like voiceover lessons at the con. You can pay a little bit of money and she'll, like teach you to do some voice acting, and she'll actually help you uh, put together a demo tape that you'll be able awesome. to use. So that's that'll be pretty cool too. But uh, those are the celebrities. Now, there's, there's also going to be a lot of um, podcasters and 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 other type um, media people there that are gonna that are gonna be doing some different kinds of presentations. The I'm doing a presentation tomorrow. Well, not a presentation. I'm going to be part of a panel tomorrow night that is uh talking about Doctor Who and the topic is uh Stephen Moffat who's the showrunner for Doctor Who, you know, he's leaving Doctor Who mm-hmm. after this I think after this season. And um so we're gonna be talking about pros and cons of of him and how he's done well on Doctor Who, what he's done wrong on Doctor Who. And then uh Saturday Rick and I are gonna be hosting a game that's just it's a Jeopardy game with all science fiction fantasy type questions and stuff giving out some prizes and stuff. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be doing a presentation of uh, teaching people how they can get into podcasting without having to buy a ton of equipment, spending a lot of money on it, you know? So,
0: well, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like your weekend is very, very, very busy and yeah. you're going to have a lot to do. Uh, but that's so cool though, that that voice actress is going to help people like work on their diction and speaking and stuff like that. Because, you know, uh, I'm I'm used to being behind the camera. Yeah. A lot. There aren't many times where I'm in front of it. And although I've, you know, called into radio shows and stuff like that, you know, besides that, podcasting is kind of my little kind of amateur attempt at that sort of thing. And I know my voice is a little monotone and that's probably something that I'm born with and I hate it every time I see myself on camera that I am reminded of that, but yeah, I mean, that's just so cool that, you know, somebody's willing to help somebody out and work with them on those sort of things. Even if it is for a few minutes, you know, I'm sure they'll do whatever they can.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to see. I'm hoping to be able to, to at least watch some. I think I think most of that session is going to be at the same time that I'm doing a panel, so I probably won't get to see much of it. But I'm hoping to at least get to the, get the, uh, sit in on some of it. I am looking mm-hmm. forward to meeting her, but...
0: Yeah, and one real quick aside. I'm so thankful for, you know, in the last decade that podcasting has gotten so big because it has completely, for me, eliminated the wacky DJ voice. You know, the the, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, constantly, like, news traffic, traffic, news weather sort of deal and telling me what time it is all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, just the medium itself, you know, how you can go deeper into longer interviews and actually have a conversation and not have it kind of be rushed and under the gun.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: listen to a lot of
1: regular, uh, I used to listen to talk radio all the time because I do too. Yeah. Back, I did Back in the, I want to say mid to late nineties, I had a job where I was a courier and I was driving around all day long. So I spent all day in the car and, uh, and I was listening to talk radio all the time. Of course, we didn't have podcasts back then, but podcasting is pretty much taking that over for me because now I, I'm i able to find shows where they talk about stuff that I actually want to listen to all the time instead of listening to an entire show where they might talk about something I'm interested in for five minutes, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. It's not, it, back then it was just kind of like background noise while you're doing something else and, you know, you're much more engaged in podcasting and the quality of shows out there today, yeah. especially this one. Yeah, that's how I got, uh, that's
1: how I met Rick was because I bought a, I bought an MP3 player back in like 2009. It was the first one that I had and I went on iTunes just looking for podcasts about Star Trek because that's what I was into, you know? So, and he was doing a, a podcast at the time called Starbase 66, uh, downloaded it, started listening to it, you know, and, uh, his, he, he decided to end that show, uh, a couple of years ago and, uh. You know, I just, I decided, hey, you know, I can do that, you know. So (laughs) I I started putting together this show and it was originally just me and John, you know, kind of reconnecting after not having seen or talked to each other for several years, you know. And then I started inviting some of you guys to come on and, and, uh, and it just took took off from there and I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed hopping on to it.
1: (laughs) But, um, I've got, a couple things that we can talk about tonight. And the first one I wanted to talk about is this uh, screening room. I'd say co- controversy. And full disclosure, I actually recorded a show with Rick and John last weekend where we talked about this, and we got about 45 minutes into it until I realized that we weren't recording. <laughs> so all that was lost. And uh, so I'm going to... I'm gonna so, talk to you about it,
0: <laughs> so i so I'm the uh the cold leftovers from last night.
1: no, 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 <laughs> but I definitely wanted to do a show where we talked about it, and since I lost that show, and then Rick is out of town today, John's working, and uh you were free tonight, so and you haven't been free on most of the weekends that i that I record with with those guys, so I decided I'd do a a show during the week here and uh, and talk to you about it.
0: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, things have really been picking up now that the weather's getting a little warmer outside. My weekends uh, at my job have really, really been taken off. But the screening room is definitely something I did want to talk to you about because I do have some opinions about it. And I actually have no idea what yours are. And maybe we'll butt heads. Maybe we'll agree. Maybe one of us will play devil's advocate. But, uh, yeah. So... Do you want to start off with just saying how you feel about it?
1: Well, I'll, let me just explain to the listeners what it is. Cause I, right, if right. there's anybody out there that, that hasn't heard of it. So the screening yeah. room is this new, um, technology that they've come up with and it's actually backed by Sean Parker, who used to back, way back in the nineties, he did uh, Napster. He was kind of one of the, one of the head guys over that. And, um, so he's put together this box. That you can hook up to your TV. It's going to cost you about $150 to buy this box. And when a film comes out. And it will be cooperating films. It won't be every film that comes out. It will just be the ones that actually want to be involved with it. But when a film comes out in the theater. It will be available on your box the same day. And you can pay $50 to watch it. And it will be available on your box for the next 48 hours or so. And then it will disappear. You know, so you have 48 hours to watch it. And, uh, and I guess the reason that they're doing it as a box is because it's supposed to have a lot of security features to keep you from being able to pirate the film. You know, because that's one of the things I was talking to Rick and John about is why did we necessarily need to have a box? It, this can be done as a service online, you know, in, or as part of your cable package or something like that. But it's supposed to have some extra features to, to make it a little harder to pirate. But, My, my opinion, I kind of fall in the middle because really I don't see it working. I don't see it, uh, being as big as they think it's going to be. I don't think people are going to, I spend probably $50 when I go to the movies, but I don't know that I'd spend $50 to watch something at my house, but that, you know, I don't know. Do you think you would?
0: Well, it depends on the film. Um, There are some where I would definitely pay that price, and there are others where I probably would not. Uh, It also might be a thing where it's like, you know, maybe I want to see this in the theater for the first time. And maybe if I'm having some friends over and we can all kind of split it a few different ways – then we'll then get the uh, service on the box. Yeah. But if it was just me sitting alone in my house, I would not pay $50 for a film. Yeah. That's a little too steep. But like I said, you know, if you're having a party or something and you want to have a bunch of people over, you know, five bucks a person. Yeah. Sure.
1: I could see that. I just don't know if I would invest $150 in the box and then it end up being something that i only use a couple of times you know for a party or something like that but there's also the the part of the story that kind of gets glossed over sometimes when people are talking about this is that the the movie theaters are going to be getting a kickback off of this so Hmm. so every time you rent a film for fifty dollars the uh the company that makes the box or that puts the film out or whatever, they're going to send $20 of that back to the theater companies. And they're, <laughs> they're going to send you two film, two movie tickets to see the movie, which I don't know why you would need two movie tickets to see a movie that you've already watched at home. But you know, which there's so, trying- the so like if
0: I don't know, whatever, Some movie coming out, X-Men 9 or whatever, something like that. So if you get it on the box, you watch the movie, and then they send you two tickets to see that same movie? Or is it like, can you use those two tickets to see something else in the theater?
1: The story that I read said that they send you two two tickets for that movie, you know, which... Yeah, I guess if you went to the theater later to watch it, then they would get money from you from your concessions, because that's where the theater makes all their money anyway. It's right. a concession stand. you know.
0: And we'll, we want to get to that in a second, but I just want to say, you know, maybe this is just where my mind is going, but if I'm watching a movie at home, and if for some reason I just don't watch the movie, but I have two tickets to see it anyway in the yeah. theaters... Uh, the only movie that I can really think of that comes to mind is the uh, Fifty Shades sequel. <laughs> <laughs> why well, I wouldn't actually be watching it a lot at home. Yeah. <laughs> or, or why some people would want this box. But, yeah, I mean, I understand there's distractions and things. And, you know, one of the reasons why I like going to the theater is you're in a dark room with a giant screen, you know, Everybody, please put your phones away, and there should not be any distractions. However, when you're at home, you know, somebody can ring your doorbell. If you have any pets, like, they can, you know, get your attention. You know, there could be kids. You you know, there's even an inkling where, you know, if I'm watching a movie for the first time at home, I'm much more likely to pause it and go up and get a snack, go to the bathroom, do whatever. But I never need to do that when I'm at the theater. Right. Oh, so, I do,
1: I do, I I go, I go to the movie when I go to the movies, I probably get up and go to the bathroom three or four times during the movie, well, because well, I, buy, I buy this giant Diet Coke. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: well, they some some of those theaters, they'll let you refill the biggest popcorn and Coke, uh, which actually, when getting the snacks, I want to talk about that, uh, because that stuff is so cheap to them, and you used to work in a movie theater, did you not?
1: Yeah, when I was
0: about 20, 21,
1: something like that, I worked at the one of the big theaters here in the... It was big at the time. It's not here anymore. Uh, yeah, because bigger theaters have built since then. But uh, yeah,
0: popcorn—the bag of popcorn
1: it, that you spend four or five dollars on—probably costs about fifty cents for them to make it.
0: Oh no, that's that's cheap. I heard somewhere that they were factoring in the kernels, the electricity, the flavor, call like absolutely everything, and it was a bucket to something like sixteen cents. Yeah. So yeah. it's really cheap. Like the markup on that stuff is so high. And uh the, the fountain sodas, they say that you need to get about twelve of those before they start to lose money. Like that's how much they're actually marked up with the syrup and the seltzer water and everything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So- what
0: was I what was I just talking about? Ugh. Yeah,
1: soda, uh, soda and popcorn is is very very cheap stuff, which is why movie theaters started making that to begin with back in the you know whenever they
0: started doing that. Uh, go ahead. That's what I was that's what I was going to say. So um, you were talking about getting up and kind of going out and taking a break and getting some more soda and whatnot. Yeah. Did you know that that's where the the phrase that's where we came in came from? uh uh-uh. Uh. Because people. And this was very common back in the day where, you know, people would just walk into a movie, sit down in the middle of it, like, you know, could be 40-some minutes into the movie, watch it, watch the credits roll, or in those days they rolled in the beginning. But the movie would be over, and then it would start back up again from the beginning, and people would watch it up to the point wherever they were, and they would say, that's where we came in, and then get up and leave the theater. Oh, Okay. So I mean they're kind of doing like that Tarantino thing where they kind of like get the middle and end and then see the beginning and then be like yeah. all right let's leave. Well we but, had, uh,
1: we had people do that because back uh, back then you know there, it wasn't it wasn't uncommon for um, a big blockbuster film to come out and our, our theater only had ten screens you know there's theaters now that have twenty thirty screens um, mm. this one only had ten so it wasn't uncommon for. Uh, one of the big movies to come out the, and we would have it in two or three of the of the screens, especially the first week or so that it was out. People would come in, they would buy their ticket and they would come back. I, I was usually working the door, which is the guy tearing your ticket when you walk through. And I would tear the ticket and I would tell them first door on your left or whatever. And you could tell they're talking to their date or whoever they're with. They're not really listening to you. And they just look up and they see the signs and they walk into the wrong one. And they just go in there and sit down. And it might be two-thirds of the way through the film. And they come out, you know, 20 minutes later, the film's over. <laughs> hmm. And they're like, I was wondering why I couldn't keep up with the story. I'm like, yeah, you walked in. <laughs> you walked yeah. in, the movie was almost over. So. But, and okay. then by the time they go to their show, it's, like, it's, you know, a third
0: of the way into the film already. <laughs> right. And apparently in 1960, Alfred Hitchcock, when Psycho came out he had, like, a mandate or, like, you know, he was kind of really, like, authoritarian about uh, people will, once they miss the time, they will not be admitted in or they were not allowed to kind of come in and see it halfway through. He, like, he was very, very strict and specific about that. Well, back in
1: the, I want to say back in the old days, you know, before my time, um, going to the movies was a, much more of an occasion than it is now it was right. more like you know now if you go to a play if you get there late you don't go in if you get up and go to the bathroom during the play you can't go back in
0: yeah you'll know? have a i mean if you're at a nicer theater or something they'll have a monitor in the lobby where you can kind of still stand there and watch it but yeah. you're not sitting in your seat for until you know the act is over and you can get back in
1: yeah and used to, going to the movies was more like that. It was more like you were going to see a show. Now it's just like, I'm going to watch fancy TV. I can get up and go do whatever I want, you know, and, and come back in as I want to. And uh when you're in a crowded theater and you're sitting on the end and the people in the middle want to get up and leave 15 times during the film, it can get pretty annoying.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of theaters, um, there is a historic one uh, here outside the Baltimore area. It's actually where John Waters has premiered a lot of his films. Uh, It's called The Senator Theater. So if you're in the Baltimore area and you have not been to The Senator, definitely go to that. Uh, It's a historic spot. They had one screen for the longest time, and then they did a lot of remodeling. So uh, it's my understanding that they now have four screens total, but it's kind of like – the one giant screen that they've always had, and they kind of, like, knocked down the building next to it and built some very, very smaller theaters. Right. I've never yeah. been in the other ones because usually, you know, they have, like, either smaller movies or something that's not as popular. So, you know, and whenever I'm going to this theater, I'm kind of going kind of out of my way to get to it. So chances are whatever I want to see is going to be on the big screen. Yeah. But... It's just, you know, I can't imagine having people just kind of get up walking over you during the movie and all. Like, I can't even stand it when, you know, some guy pulls out his cell phone and you see that blue glow like 40 feet away. Right, yeah. It's very, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we can we can really get into it. But there was this one time where the, I believe we were engaged at the time. I don't think we were married. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um whatever year that came out, I think we were still engaged. I want to say that was 2008 or nine. Okay. So yeah, like my wife and I, we were dating back then. Uh, So we were watching that and we were at a multiplex and there were these kids and, you know, granted I did all the same stuff when I was their age, but now that I'm older, you know, I'm kind of like, are you kids?
1: Yeah. (laughs) So Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Even though it was exactly the same stuff that we, my, my, my friends and I did. So They snuck into the movie because they kind of came in, like, 30 minutes late. But that was the kind of movie where, you know, it's Wolverine, it's Hugh Jackman, you kind of know what you're getting into, so maybe it didn't really matter, per se. right? So, there was one of those handrails, and they're climbing over the handrail, and, like, some of them were leaving and then coming back, but they weren't coming back with snacks or anything. And then they were sitting in the, like in the aisle, like, the steps at the end of the theater. And I usually carry, like, a little flashlight with me just in case I drop something or some people use their phone. Um, But I got up, got right in their faces, and was like, sit down, you're (laughs) ruining the movie. Yeah, And, like, you know, I was a little older and they were a little younger and they were like, oh, sorry, sir. And I sat back down. But, I mean, it's just, you know they are just kids and all, but it was kind of annoying and if I was watching a film at home, I wouldn't have that. But would I want to pay $50 to see uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine and see Hugh Jackman running naked through that field or farmhouse or whatever?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, I think that that movie theaters days are numbered, but I don't think that this is what's going to be the the catalyst that, that squashes it. Because, uh, you know, it's the, the kickback thing really gets me because when, uh, when Netflix started up and started to push Blockbuster out, you know, when you rented something off of Netflix, they didn't send $2 to Blockbuster, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so th- th- that's the, that's going to keep the theaters head above water as far as this goes. But I think that this is going to be more of a fad that's just going to, it's gonna last for a little while. It's gonna be something cool that you can do. Hey, look, this, you know, Iron Man four just came out, and I can watch it at home. You know, the day the same day it comes out, but it's so I don't it might think, be
0: like a novelty.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be something that ten years from now everybody's gonna have this box in their house, and there's not gonna be any movie theaters.
0: Well, you know, I, I just don't do think it's gonna happen. Do you remember a man named William Castle? Yeah. So he was kind of. And this is how I'm kind of tying it into the conversation is because, you know, this could be seen as another gimmick. 3D could be seen as a gimmick. Uh, He was the guy where he had like, oh, what was it called? Like in the movie 13 Ghosts where it had like a little 3D glasses and you would put the glasses on and, you know, there would be all sorts of little things. Like in the the Vincent Price movie, The Tingler,
1: 1959,
0: there would be like. Either something under the seats, like an air jet, that would like push air on your feet to kind of be like, oh, it's in the theater. Right. Yeah. So I mean, he was kind of the king of the whole like theater gimmicky sort of thing. Is
1: that the guy? Did they make? Did they make the John Goodman movie? Was it about him or was it based on him?
0: You know, uh, I'm talking I think, about
1: matinee. I think was the name of the film.
0: Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing it, but I have natu- never actually seen it myself. But uh, yeah, that's the guy. And actually, I forget what movie it is. Maybe a listener will look this up. But there was a film. I can't remember whose it was. But he actually had a cameo where he was like a guy in a phone booth behind the action. William Castle himself. Yeah. So, I mean, like part of me thinks that this whole screening room thing is a gimmick and a fad. The theaters just trying to come up with a new thing to get butts and seats Uh, but one thing that i really enjoyed um and i did this when i went to go see force awakens um i think it was a cinemark theater yeah yeah. they have this thing called cinemark reserve where you pay an extra five dollars and you get to basically sit in like a leather leather uh lazy boy recliner chair it doesn't recline but it's a really nice like cushy chair and it's really big and wide too it's got really nice cup holders and it's got like a table that swings out and you sit kind of like up and back from the unwashed masses (laughs) the the plebes that are down there paying their general admission tickets the beyonds yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes um so yeah i mean for five extra dollars you get all that and they give you a coupon for a free small popcorn which is like coincidentally a five dollar value yeah so to me it's kind of a no-brainer like i if there's space available I would definitely, definitely go for the uh, Cinemark Reserve or any other reserve seating in any other theater. Is that one of the ones where they let you pick what you – they let you pick your seat in the theater? Uh, if – I did well, because I was doing mine for Force Awakens. So I was doing that thing where I was buying them online like whatever December morning that was – that they were available. yeah or may have been, like, back in November. So, yeah, I had to pick mine out online, but I believe if you do go to the theater, you can reserve your seating. Uh, one other cool thing that I got to do recently is D-Box. Have you ever heard of that? Heard it, but I can't remember what it is. All right, so there's a little movie that came out recently called Hardcore Henry. Yeah. So, you know, for the listeners, basically, they took two GoPros and made a custom, like, helmet rig, and they strapped them to a stunt man's head, and basically that's how they shot the movie. So most of the whole movie is just first person view, and like it's a, like like a video like a video game, video game. Yeah. exactly. And actually, when I saw when I first saw the trailer for it, I was like, "Man, they're taking these Call of Duty commercials to a whole new level. This is crazy." Because <laughs> I was I thought they produced this thing for a Call of Duty video game. I didn't know that this was actually. A film, so I saw that in uh, D box, and what D box is, is uh, you sit in this seat and sort of like those simulator rides they used to have in amusement parks, where you know the seat will kind of move back, forward, left, right, up and down, and kind of like jump with the action. Yeah. So like as your character's running, the seat will be like rocking left and right, like as he's running, and. It was my first time doing D-Box, and I said, you know, in the theater that I went to, you know, my ticket was $8, but the D-Box ticket was eight fifty, <laughs> because they had to, like, turn the seat on and stuff. Right. But for something that was shot in first person, I was like, okay, well, this is definitely worth it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like another gimmick to get people to come out to the theater because nowadays people are just going to be like, oh, well, why do I want to – Pay you know sixteen twenty thirty dollars fifty if I have a date with me, where I can just you know wait a couple months and buy it on Blu Ray for you know seventeen ninety nine or yeah. cheaper.
1: Yeah, and I like that, you know Rick and Rick was talking about a theater close to him that lets you pick what your seat is going to be. I think that if they, if they did that more that would get a lot more people. Because one thing, you know, I, I love going to the movies. I go I go to, uh, we have the Alabama Theater here in town, which is uh, kind of what you were talking about. It's an old-time theater. And um, they show <coughs> classic films during the summer. So I go to the Alabama Theater during the summer and watch classic films that I could easily watch at home. You know, I probably have some of them here, you know, but, you know, The Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind, stuff like that to go and have like a theater experience. But, um, if you could go to a regular theater and you could pick your seat ahead of time, that'd probably get a lot more people in because my wife the, doesn't like to go to the theater 20, 30 minutes ahead of time to be able to get a good seat like I do, you know? So yeah, we'll, we'll, be at din- yeah. <laughs> we'll be at dinner or, or we'll go to a store or something, do a little shopping before the movie. And I look at my watch and it's, 10 minutes to showtime, and i'm like we've got to go we need to get to the theater and she's like the movie doesn't start for 10 more minutes i want to get a good seat <laughs> you know and then she's like you know there's gonna be 15 minutes of previews i know
0: i want to see the trailers <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> i know i i'm the same way and it's even funnier because sometimes we uh in our theater yeah, okay well let me say this The theater that I usually go to is inside of a shopping mall because that's kind of what's around here. Uh, There are standalone theaters, but I do have to go a little further. But more often than not, we go to the shopping mall one, and next to the theater is like a little pizza parlor. So we'll grab a slice, and then we'll go to our movie. So we're literally sitting outside of the box office, we probably already have our tickets in hand and I'm like, we got fifteen minutes. We gotta get in there. We gotta get good <laughs> seats. And if she says something to me, I'm like, but but the sound is balanced up in the center, two thirds from the front. You have to sit in the correct seat.
1: When we went to see The Force Awakens, um we didn't go open at night just because I think I said on the show, I don't I like going to the movies, but I don't really like a really crowded theater, you know, Yeah,
0: I I wouldn't have done a general admission. The only reason I did do that is because it was the Cinemark reserve. Yeah.
1: So we waited until, uh, I believe it was the Sunday after the film came out and we went in the morning. It was like 11 o'clock in the morning. So we get to the theater and we're probably, we were running a little late. Actually, we got there right as the, uh, the trailers were starting and we go in and this theater has the seats divided into three sections. You know, you've got two sections against either wall and in a center section. When we walk in, the entire center section is filled. There's hardly any seats left. And the two outer sections against the wall are completely empty, you know. So obviously everybody wanted to sit in the center because they wanted to get the best experience with this film but they could sitting on the out on the outside you know you're going to be watching the film from a little bit of an angle and the sound isn't going to be uh surrounding you quite as well and, and everything so if you're able to uh reserve what seat you're going to get then yeah you could get there at the last minute and your seat still be available just like if you were going to a play or something your seat yeah. Even see. if
0: I had to pay extra to reserve a seat, I'd do it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, because the classic theater that I was talking about earlier, uh, they did this last year where they played Jaws. Actually, I think that's something they do every summer because it's actually coming up and I plan on attending that. Uh, I own that movie. I watch it at least once a year, but I still want to go see it in the theater. And, yeah. you know... Last time I saw it, I was a little off to the left, and I was a, at a little bit of an angle. And you know, I mean, I could kind of stretch out and relax. And you know, who hasn't seen Jaws before? But I, if I could have gotten a seat in the middle where I wanted to be, yeah, that's that's worth a couple extra bucks. Yeah. They're showing they're
1: they're showing Ghostbusters this weekend um, at some of the theaters in town. It's 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 going through the. Um, it's a national thing but it's only in select theaters but they're gonna they're just gonna show it for two nights
0: yeah, yeah. I think AMC's doing that I'm not sure exactly
1: yeah I'm, but not, I did see I'm not gonna be going because of, yeah I'm not gonna be going because of the the convention but but if I if I wasn't doing the convention I'd definitely be going to see Ghostbusters even though it's a film I've seen you know probably 50 times in my life right but.
0: we uh We don't have to do it on this show, but we should probably talk about the new Ghostbusters at some point.
1: Oh, yeah, we will.
0: Now that the trailers have come out and we've seen a little bit of it, as opposed to just kind of people on the Internet being like, oh, they're all girls. (laughs) Well, one thing I wanted to
1: do on this show um, is I wanted to talk a little bit about at least a couple of films that we've seen recently that haven't actually come up on the show because... The last three or four episodes, we've been kind of comic book heavy because we've had Batman v Superman, what? we've had Civil War, we've had X-Men, all that's come out. So we've talked a lot about that recently. So, um, so I wanted to at least each of us pick a movie, maybe two movies or a TV show or something that we haven't been able to bring up on the show that we wanted to talk about. And uh, I'll let you go first if you, if you've got one.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I was going to say, you know, A little comic book heavy on Cosmic Potato.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh,
0: So uh, what I got to see, uh, actually, it was a 30 for 30 documentary that was streaming on Netflix uh, called The Prince of Pennsylvania. Now, this is about John Dupont. And they made a movie of it called Foxcatcher with Steve Carell and Shannon Tatum. Yeah. Uh, came out like 2014, I believe. Mark Ruffalo was in that too. Yeah. Um, there was also a Netflix documentary that they, I believe Netflix actually funded and made it and put it out. That was called Team Foxcatcher. And then the, the movie with Tatum and, uh, Carell was just called Foxcatcher. But basically, you know, John Dupont, his family was the largest shareholders of the company that invented nylon, Teflon, and Duron. So they were like rich beyond rich. They had a thousand-acre farm outside of Philadelphia and kind of rural Pennsylvania. You know, this guy grows up with more money than he knows what to do with. And do you know the story at all?
1: A little bit. I mean, I, I I haven't seen the film. Um, I mean, I know I haven't seen the one you're talking about, the, uh, but Foxcatcher, I know I know a little bit about it because I've got a couple of buddies that have seen it and they were talking about it at work. So
0: that's all right. So uh, out of those three, The Prince of Pennsylvania, the 30 for 30 documentary is what I like the most. But basically, so you know, John DuPont, at this time in the 80s, you know, we were very, very kind of pitted against the Russians. And our wrestlers were kind of like, if you wanted to be a good wrestler in America, basically you had to live a homeless lifestyle, and you had to, you, like, you were not getting paid what you should be getting paid. The wrestlers of the Eastern Bloc, you know, they were fully paid salary, health insurance, like that was their job, and they were very good at it, and they dominated the sport. And Dupont came by. You know, he wanted to start up a wrestling team, so he started bringing in some Olympic gold medalists, wrestlers, and that's how he came across uh, Mark and David Schultz. So kind of brought them on the ranch, and basically, DuPont goes crazy, and, you know, spoiler alert, it's kind of what the whole story's about, he actually shoots and kills one of the brothers. Mm. All right, so DuPont, you know, he wants to kind of go after the Russians so he starts up a wrestling team he funds it he completely fully funds this thing himself with all the money he has he brings in Mark Schultz who then gets his brother David Schultz to come in and basically like the only way these guys would be making money out in like the Midwest where they were living was be to teach wrestling clinics which they're not getting a whole lot of money from so this rich guy that like owns a helicopter comes by and says you know Live on my property. I will pay you a salary. You will have anything you want. Like, it, it's a complete dream come true. And it ended up just turning into a nightmare because this guy, John DuPont, just went crazy and killed someone. Right. And just, they don't really go into it in the movie. They go into a little bit more in the documentaries, but this guy. He had so much money, he would donate like an obscene amount to the local sheriff's department or police department municipality. And he built a shooting range on his property that the police would practice at. And they actually made him like an honorary officer. So there was this, there was this uh photo that I saw where it's like him with a badge and a gun, like standing with all these police officers. Yet he has no actual formal training, but he kind of paid his way into the department. And he kind of got away with a lot because, you know, he bought so much gear and equipment for them. They would kind of overlook anything. He also had a drug habit, too. Yeah, okay. So they kind of would – he kind of would buy his way around a lot of situations. Uh He – in his 50s, he would go into wrestling tournaments and somebody from the Foxcatcher team, or somebody that worked for him, would pay off the other guy to lose. So this old guy, it would be like, you know, two old guys wrestling, and one would be like a Bulgarian national champion that he was when he was like in his twenties, and he would be losing to this kind of guy that had never won a real match in his life. And it was just kinda of like, you know, he'd be telling the the wrestlers on his teams like, Oh yeah, hey, I'm just one of you And it's just, you know, like, he just kind of wanted to be liked and wanted to be one of the guys. And he had a very, very different upbringing because his family was so rich. And just the story about behind him and also his descent into madness is just very interesting to me. Plus, I wrestled in high school. I wasn't very good, (laughs) but it was still something that I did. So, you know, watching Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo... Watching their body language and their movements and their mannerisms and everything in Foxcatcher, they absolutely nailed it. And, you know, I know this sounds cliche, but you kind of forget you're watching Channing Tatum or... Mark Ruffalo right, or Carell, yeah. like they're kind of chameleons, where you know you forget you're watching them. Uh, they do prosthetics, especially because you know a lot of those guys had cauliflower ears, right. so they have a lot of prosthetics on them. But yeah, it was it was just good, and you know, like Dupont, he would just be just crazy, like he would videotape the tree line on his property and you remember like those VHS tapes where you could have the long play ones where it would be like six hours? Right, yeah. So he would record the full length of the tape and then he would watch the full length of the tape and he would pause it and be like, look, look right there. You see that? Right there, right there. There's somebody in the trees and because everybody around him was being paid by him there was a lot of people oh yeah there was a lot of people that would kind of be like oh yeah 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 whatever you say john whatever you say yeah and even his security force would go along with it and they actually interviewed the guy because dupont he did this thing where like he had he thought people were in the walls of his house or of his training facility or something so he actually had walls replaced and things knocked down and like major construction going on And instead of the, you know, chief security officer kind of saying, no, there's nobody in the walls, it was just, you know, yes, sir, we'll do whatever you say, keep paying us. So, yeah, just just insane stuff. Like, there was uh, at one point where, and I'm not giving away too much, I mean, definitely check it out, because it is definitely worth it. But he went through a phase where the color black represented bad luck to him. So, like, there was a guy with a black van or a car or something, so he told him he had to get rid of it and, like, get it off his property. He fired the black teammates from his team because they were black. And it just, it's insane stuff. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely insane. So, it just, if he's a product of that lifestyle or the drugs or what, it's just the story behind him and the psychology behind him is just fascinating to me. Okay.
1: Well, and what was the name what was the name of the you said that was a documentary, oh, right? That wasn't right. Foxcatcher. That was
0: Yeah. So Foxcatcher is the movie right. with Channing Tatum, Mark Ruffalo, and Steve Carell. Uh, Netflix put out a documentary that like, you know, was straight to Netflix and that's only where you can see it. Uh, and that is called Foxcatcher. Hang on.
1: Foxcatcher has been one of those films. Yep. I think it, I think it came on uh, HBO uh, a while back, and I recorded it because I had like HBO for free that weekend or something, and it's been sitting on my DVR and I haven't gotten around to watch it yet. Yep.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's team Fox catcher okay. 2016 on Netflix. But the one that I actually would suggest is an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. It's shorter. It's 51 minutes, but it is like they did so much more in that 50 minutes than the other two did at an hour and a half or even longer for the, the feature movie. Okay. But it fascinating story. You know, something, little bit of American history. And just, like, he had guys, DuPont, he liked to be called, like, Giant Eagle or something like that. Like, it was really weird. Yeah. Like, he was actually buried in his uniform because he actually died in prison later on. But very, very very odd man, odd story. And just such a tragedy too, because the guy that he killed was just, you know, one of these loved by all never hurt anyone, just complete, just great human being. Yeah. So sorry for the downer, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, check out the Prince of Pennsylvania.
1: Okay. Well, the one that I wanted to talk about is one that actually, um, it came out back in early, the early part of March, I think. And I, I got to go see it at a sneak preview, and it's Ten Cloverfield Lane, and it's not it's not out on DVD yet, but you can get it on demand on like Google Play and probably, it's probably on iTunes and stuff like that. But it's the sequel. Did, did you ever see uh, Cloverfield? I did. Okay, years ago, and I was not a huge fan of Cloverfield. I mean, it was it was. Uh, I-
0: I was not a huge fan of TJ Miller in Cloverfield. <laughs> <laughs> they they actually made fun of him on a South Park episode where uh, where the father, Randy, had the camera and he would narrate everything where he's like, Oh, it, oh it's so scary. Oh, I'm running outside now. Okay, yeah. now I'm going back inside. Like that's a lot of what Cloverfield was to me, where yes. it was just constant narration.
1: So it was it was like shaky cam basically through the entire thing. Handheld. Yeah, he's is basically a guy's got a video camera and he's recording this alien uh, attacking the city, and it's kind of like it's you know a Godzilla esque type scenario, and. It was an okay movie, but I wasn't like a huge fan of it. I saw it one time and it wasn't even in theaters. It was on DVD and I haven't seen it since, but I went to go see this at a uh, sneak preview, as I said. And this is a completely different kind of film. I'm, you know, if you haven't seen Cloverfield, you could still go see this. You wouldn't be lost at all and you would probably enjoy this film more. This is not. A monster movie. This is not uh, aliens are coming to get us type movie. Okay, this is uh, it's got John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, she played in Final Destination 3, I think, the one with the roller coaster, and uh, John Gallagher Jr. And the basic story is that Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays a girl named Michelle, and at the very beginning of the film, she's packing up her stuff, she's leaving her boyfriend. And she's getting in her car and heading out. It's, 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 night and, and she's driving out and it's like the country. It's not, I think it's in Louisiana or something like that. But anyway, she gets hit by a car and she wakes up and she's got an IV in her arm and she's chained to a wall. John Goodman has her prisoner and he's, uh, he's telling her that It's the end of the world outside. There's been a nuclear disaster. Everybody in the world, everybody that she knows is dead. And you can't tell if he's telling the truth or if he's lying or if he's crazy. You just don't know. And John, the main, the best part of this film is John Goodman's performance. Because I've always thought John Goodman was a really good actor. He's just limited in the roles that he can play because of the way he looks. You know, he can't be, he can't usually be the leading man in a film, you know, but he, but whenever he shows up in something, he's just, he's, he's, he's the best part of it. You know, uh, he was in Red State a few years ago. He was really good in that. And this. I was
0: just about to mention that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and in this, he's super, super good, you know, he's, he's the best part of the film, but um, basically the entire movie takes place in this bunker, there's only three characters in the film, uh, three main characters, there's one other woman that shows up for about 30 seconds, about halfway through the film, the rest of the film is just the three of them, and the only thing that it has in common with Cloverfield is the last ten minutes of the film, and I'm not going to talk about that because I don't want to give anything away, but If you haven't seen 10 Cloverfield Lane, even if you don't like science fiction, you don't like monster movies, you haven't seen Cloverfield, whatever, you need to watch this movie. I actually went through the list of all the movies that that have come out in 2016 so far, and because of... I don't live far from a drive-in theater where I can see two films at a time. And because I don't live too far from a, a dollar theater, I've actually seen 17 of the films that have come out so far this year. So I kind of made a list of my top five, what I think are the five best films that came out this year. And uh, 10 Cloverfield lane falls in number three in that would list.
0: Would you, would you say that it's kind of limited storytelling or a high concept film where it's just kind of, this small little piece of a story
1: no no i mean it's a complete story it's a complete story now the the ending does is kind of a little bit open uh so that they can take one of the characters and they can put them in a, another film if they want to but the uh but the story is enclosed i mean everything in the in the movie gets wrapped up by the end of it you know, you don't, you feel like you've seen a complete film. And the fact that there's only three people in it doesn't take, it actually, actually I think it adds to the film because you're able to spend so much more time getting to know these characters. And it's just, I don't, it's just, it's just a good movie. But my top five this year so far, I think Captain America Civil War is the best movie I've seen this year. Zootopia comes in number two. 10 Cloverfield Lane's number three, Deadpool's number four, X-Men Apocalypse number five. So.
0: Well, um, there was another movie that I had to watch um, directed by Steven Soderbergh, director of Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Ocean's Thirteen, Traffic, and Magic Mike. (laughs) I had to watch that. (laughs) So, I'll be quick with this, but long story short, basically, uh, I went to go see a friend in another city and I was kicked out of the house, uh, because my sister-in-law was having her bachelorette party here. So it was kind of no guys allowed. Yeah. So having a background in video editing, I was given the task to scrub through magic mic and magic mic Two XXL from 2015 and and pick out all the good parts and make a long supercut of all of those scenes that guys don't want to see and put it into one long video. (laughs) But uh, I actually have seen Magic Mike before because I just kind of was like, well, it's a Soderbergh movie, you know, I kind of like his other work, so I'll watch it. And didn't really like it too much. I mean, and that's that's not a critique against the dancing or anything like that. That's just sort of the film itself. Um, you know, I mean, the whole, f- I mean, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes here, but the film ends with like Channing Tatum being like, yeah, I can get some waffles or <laughs> pancakes or whatever it was. And like, that's it. And I, I kind of think like the first Magic Mike movie, they were trying to kind of be a little too artistic for itself and try to do some editing and a different style that was a little, like hard cutting between scenes and stuff like that um, to be a little bit more artistic. And I kind of think it fell flat for me, but yeah, I had to watch both those movies very recently. I'm, I'm not going to, I haven't seen either one of them. I'm not going
1: to say anything bad about <laughs> them because there's been, we've had plenty of movies that exploit women you know i'm fine with them making a film that exploits men every now and then go ahead oh, yeah go ahead girls have fun you know <laughs> yeah
0: and, and you know the way i'm tying that into the uh the fox catcher stuff is you know channing tatum seeing him as like the pretty boy dancer and also the the wrestler where they actually put some makeup on his ears and like gave him a nose or they gave steve carell like uh, nose prosthetic, but they put a uh, cauliflower ear prosthetics, and I believe they did a broken nose one on uh, Channing Tatum too. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so my weekend has been all Tatum, Tating, or however you say his name. Yeah,
1: and um, Tatum. The the rumor is that when they eventually get around the filming going back into comic book movies, when they get get around the filming Gambit, that he's going to play Gambit.
0: Are you sure? Because I actually heard he's dropping out to do a DC character. Really?
1: Well, that's I mean. What, the, the, well, the, it's the on the internet,
0: so it has to be true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, as of right now, they're not going forward with Gambit uh, officially. They're, I mean, they haven't come out and said that they're scrubbing it, but there's no talk of anything being filmed any, anytime soon, so I don't know if it's even going to happen. You know, eh, who knows. and he could always do a DC character and then come back and do a Marvel character. You know, uh, Ryan Reynolds did that. You know, he's he played he played Green Lantern and then he played Deadpool later. So oh. it could it could still happen. But
0: it is on IMDb that Gambit is announced, but there is no year specified for that.
1: Yeah, because it uh, technically it, they were supposed to be filming it by now, and it's been pushed back, and so. They're not. I know they're not going to do it until after Wolverine three, because um, because uh, Hugh Jackman is supposed to appear as Wolverine in Gambit, and it'll be his last appearance as Wolverine. So they're starting to film Wolverine three now, which is Old Man Logan, and um, and so they won't. They probably won't do it until after they're they're done with that. So yeah. And speaking also, of, Jenny,
0: go ahead. Go ahead. Speak, oh, I was going to say, speaking of old man, you know. For Magic Mike Two, since they did not do this, I'm really hoping they do it for a third one. You know, I'm guessing the stories take place not too far apart, but for the third one, they should advance it like 40 years in the future, so that you know, instead of Matthew McConaughey um, owning the club, it's now Channing Tatum, and like he's managing the club, but they should have him be like they should put a suit on him and make him heavier and give him male pattern baldness and like, yeah. kind of like remember what they did for Tom Cruise in uh Tropic Thunder right. with yeah. the fat suit. Yeah. Like that's, what, or they could do that to Matthew McConaughey, but yeah, that's what I would like them to do for the next magic Mike movie. If they're doing one, put one of those guys in a fat suit and advance the story like 40 years in the future.
1: Yeah. And rumor also for, as far as Channing Tatum goes, rumor also is that he's going to make another film that, goes along with the 21 Jump Street series but it's going to cross over with Men in Black.
0: So, That's what I heard.
1: Yeah, the two the two guys that Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum play in 21 Jump Street will be recruited into the Men in Black and and it'll basically it'll be a Men in Black movie but with those two characters, you know. So that'll be interesting. It'll be weird. It'll be weird cuz you don't see a lot of crossover stuff like that anymore uh not in big films like that, but I'll I'll go see it. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to talk one more. uh, It's actually a TV show that I wanted to bring up before we finished. And this show actually got canceled, but I just discovered it on Hulu last week. And there's only, I think, eight, maybe eight or ten episodes. And I've already blown through all of them. But it was a sitcom called uh, Truth Be Told that came on last year, uh, November, December, sometime in that area. And it had Mark Paul Gosler from Saved by the Bell. And uh, Tony Bell, Vanessa Lachey, and uh, Brecia Webb. Anyway, um, I was surprised. It was really funny, you know. And it made me mad when I watched it. Because I, why do all the good, funny sitcoms get canceled? You know, like, uh, I don't know if you watched the sitcom Crowded with Patrick Warburton. You know, it's I think it's hilarious. It's not coming back next year. Uh, A couple years ago, they had the show Surviving Jack that got canceled. I love that show. But then you've got two broke girls that gets to go on for years and years and years and years. And and it's awful. (laughs) (laughs) You know. So, yeah, I I just wanted to recommend because it's still on Hulu. Uh, If you want to see a sitcom, this there's not a ton of episodes. There's only about ten episodes. You just want to something to laugh at for a little while. Truth Be Told is good. Mark Paul Gossler and Tony Bell play these, uh, guys that have been best friends since high school. One of them is black and one of them's white. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of that kind of humor, you know, in there. But, uh, but it's, it's really funny. You know, I ought to give it a shot, but, but that's cool. all, that's all the ones that I had written down. So let me ask you a question. This will be the last thing we talk about, but, um, I came across a story online and I'm going to give you a would you rather scenario. I don't know if you ever played Would You Rather when you were a kid, but um, would you rather have another Indiana Jones sequel that stars Harrison Ford or an Indiana Jones reboot with Megan Fox?
0: Oh, my, whoa. <laughs> that went for a real curve at the
1: end. Megan Fox wants to do a Indiana Jones reboot where she plays Indiana Jones and basically her argument is that Indiana can be a girl's name my my thoughts are that they already made that movie they called it Tomb Raider <laughs> <laughs> you know but
0: uh well before i get into it uh truth be told my dog's name is Indy for short but his full name is actually Indiana Bones <laughs> So I feel very, very strongly about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, had you have said like you know Chris Pratt because I know he was talking about it, or there was some internet buzz about him or Nathan Fillion doing it, I would be all for it. But Megan Fox, and it's not because she's a girl. I don't want anybody to kind of like go all Ghostbusters on me or anything like that. Yeah. But as an actress, yeah, she's. I don't think she can carry that.
1: Yeah. Um. Indiana Jones is, is a, uh, it's a, it's an epic character that is ingrained in our memories, especially people that are around our age that have grown up with Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones, you know, since, since I was a baby. And I'm not against an Indiana Jones reboot because they reboot everything else. I know that they'll eventually They'll eventually reboot Indiana Jones as well.
0: I would have but, rather have seen the reboot than the Crystal Skull.
1: Yeah, Crystal Skull was not a great was not a great movie, and they are they are planning to make a, another one with Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was even a big fan of uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles when it was on TV. I loved that show, but I, you know, I was a kid. I, I did wa- too. I haven't watched it since then, so I don't know if it holds up or not. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't want to see them do a reboot with Megan Fox as Harris, I mean, as, uh, Indiana Jones because that's, it's not going to be, it's not even going to be close to the same movie. And I don't think that they need to get an actor just because he looks like Harrison Ford or can act like Harrison Ford. They, whoever takes the role needs to make it their own, their own thing, but Megan Fox <laughs> is just, She's just wooden. She's just she is. cardboard, you know. She is,
0: absolutely. And, you know
1: Set dressing. <laughs> I,
0: I highly I highly doubt she's listening to our show, but you know, her and Transformers and Ninja Turtles, she just sort of seems to be this tertiary character where it's like kind of there as eye candy and for the yeah. dads that might be kind of taking their kids in the movie something to look at. <laughs> um and for if they're gonna reboot Indiana Jones I would say Chris Pratt all the way because of his sense of humor. I mean, he definitely has the physicality to play the role, but he's got that sense of humor. You know he can act. Yeah, And, I mean, like, in Jurassic World, his, his character just had that layer of comedy to it that was just so nice to have.
1: Yeah, which I can see. But, yeah. Chris Pratt's got his, I mean, with, with Guardians of the Galaxy... With him playing Star-Lord. Oh, absolutely, Lord. that too. Star-Lord Star Lord could be his Indiana Jones, you know, yeah, if, if, my mind if he sticks with movie. it long enough, you know. So he he could be to Star-Lord what Harrison Ford is to Indiana Jones if those movies, you know, stay in the zeitgeist, as, as they say, you know. So let me throw out one What's more. Week, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, the thing about Indiana Jones, though, is he's kind of like a wisecracker. So yeah. that's why Nathan Fillion of you know Castle and uh, Firefly, Serenity, you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like that's why he comes to mind. And actually, uh, you were talking about it earlier in the show, but that uh, Uncharted video game, if there was ever going to be a movie, I hope that they would look at him for that role because you know he also looks a little bit like... The character in that video game but yeah. he has that wise cracking attitude that just goes so perfectly with it yeah yeah, and I mean you know why hire Megan Fox when you can just get a wooden spoon instead
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> let me throw one more out there for you um, would you rather have Jack Black win an Academy Award for Best Actor or Paul Giamatti never win an Academy
0: Award Oh well, you know I'm gonna have to go. Okay, so Jack Black winning an award or Paul Giamatti never winning an award. If
1: if Jack Black wins, like like next year at the Academy Awards, say Jack Black wins Academy Award for best panda
0: four. Yeah,
1: for whatever. (laughs) So so he wins that Academy Award, and you know that that means that Paul Giamatti will never win one. But you but but Jack Black not winning one doesn't necessarily mean that Paul Giamatti will win one. It just means that he'll have a chance.
0: I'd say Jack Black not winning one to give Giamatti a chance because Jack Black seems to kind of play the, he's kind of the one trick pony over and over again. Sort of like, uh, you know, like another actor that comes to mind like that is Michael Cera. Yeah. Um, kind of, it's, it's the same character in different clothing, different setting. Uh, where it's kind of the kind of zany character. Although I know he has done some other roles where he has done other things a little bit differently, but um, Giamatti seems to have a little bit more depth. Uh, you know, I I won't say respect him more as an actor, although I do. But his body of work seems to be a little bit. More to my liking than Jack Black per se. Yeah, at least now where I am in life, you know, yeah. I'm sure if you would have asked me that same question a couple of years ago, I would have been like Jack Black all the way.
1: <laughs> well, Giamatti is just, he's just underrated because he's been in so many things that you've seen,
0: and, and yes there's a
1: yeah, and yet there's a lot of people that if you said his name, they wouldn't know who you're talking about. He's exactly. one of those guys that they'll see a picture, oh, that guy.
0: Yeah, so Paul Giamatti, you know, he is a very good character actor, and he just, he does these roles where you will just completely forget it's actually him.
1: Yeah. Uh, he made, he, uh, he, there was a movie that, it's actually several years old, I just recently saw it, called American Splendor, that came out. Uh, yep. It was an HBO film, I think, where he played uh, Harvey Picar, the guy that, did the american splendor comic book series and one of the one of the best biopic films i've ever seen yeah,
0: yeah. and that one was so good because of the way they actually had the real harvey picar yeah and his family in the film and it was kind of like this intersplicing splicing thing where you know there half was a documentary
1: um, half film you know yeah oh
0: yeah and You know, for, and the thing that I love that they did so much, uh, you know how, like, after the end of a movie where somebody will be playing somebody else, like a real person, they will have a picture of the person to kind of be like, okay, you know, see how much our makeup department worked and, like, getting them to look like the person. I love that they did that and you could actually see and hear Harvey Picard and um, his friend that, uh, was it Julie Freelander? judah Freelander played the kind of nerdy guy yeah 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 yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, his name escapes me at the moment but yeah. i remember him in the film saying like when they were going to see revenge of the nerds he was saying i consider myself a nerd
1: nerd yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that guy but just the way he was like, like nerd yeah um just
1: and that guy really they sounded nailed like it. that you can you, you can go yeah. back and watch because he did some uh, segments for mtv back in the 90s and you can go back and watch those. And he he really sounds like <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, Paul yeah. Giamatti if, if if he doesn't do a lot of films where he can be best actor because he's not usually the star. I mean, he did make Lady in the Water, which wasn't his best movie, but it was a, a Shyamalan movie, Shyamalama Ding Dong or whatever you know. And uh
0: yeah. and so
1: Yeah, so those are not necessarily the best the best films, but you know, he was he 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 did good with what he was given. And then he also did uh Sideways and which he was good in that too. And those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head other than American Splendor, where he was the actual yeah. star of the film. He's usually either the buddy or or he just has a brief role. He was the first time I ever saw him was back in ninety seven when he played Howard Stern's boss.
0: Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> Pig Vomit. Pig <laughs> Vomit. Yep. And I'm just going kind of through his IMDB. Uh, he was in Saving Private Ryan. I'm trying to remember briefly. what he did in that. Briefly, he had, yeah. He had he, to play. Yeah. He was like one Nathan of Nathan Fillion was in that briefly. Yeah, he was. Uh, oh, oh, I think, yeah, when they were in France, I think when they got, joined up with another squad, he was in that very, very briefly. Yeah,
1: he was one of but the he's few just, survivors at some camp that they came across and, yeah. I remember. That.
0: Yeah, he's just one of those guys, or that guy.
1: But I think that if he was given the right material, if he was given a film where he could be the star, it's just that he doesn't look like a leading man. You know, uh, a film like American Splendor, where he's playing a real person that that kind of looked like him. You know, he did he did well with that. But the fact that he doesn't look like a leading man, he's not a Harrison Ford or a Mel Gibson or something, it kind of limits the roles that he that he's given. But if he's right. given the right thing, I think that he could, he might not be best actor, but definitely best supporting actor or something like He could definitely do the work that could get him an Academy Award. Jack Black, even though he's been in a lot of things, he's starred in a lot of things, mostly comedies, I don't I'm not going to say he's a bad actor. He can act. Yeah, I'm he not going to say he's a bad actor cuz he's, you know, he was in Bernie, he did a couple of, he's done a couple of films where he got to use his acting chops a little bit, but I don't see him doing anything that's going to earn him an Academy Award. Not for acting, you know. He might get an Academy Award for something else, you know, like uh
0: no.
1: music or something like that with uh what's the name of that band that he's in? You know, tenacious D. Yeah, Tenacious D or something yeah, like
0: that. Yeah, actually, Jack Black was in uh, something I had on while I was working uh, Mr. Show with David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah. He had a, a a little bit part on there about a farmer, if anybody wants to look that up. But it's a little too obscene to mention on the show. <laughs> okay. But the other thing, too, is uh, Harvey Pekar, he isn't a leading man. He's like a nebbish comic book guy. So, you know, it's... I mean, Giamatti got to play and be the leading man, but he's not the quote unquote leading man who is, uh, you know, has a better physique and more out, has an outgoing personality. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was a great movie,
1: though, and I really did enjoy that. Yeah, and I just, I wanted to bring that up because I was, uh, I was trying to think of some good questions for would you rather? And it just, when I was watching American Splendor and it was only a couple of weeks ago, cause I was actually listening to it because another podcast that I listened to was reviewing it. So I watched that, I watched the film before I listened to the podcast and I was just thinking to myself, it's like, Paul Giamatti's never won an Oscar, not that I know of anyway. And, and, uh, and he's really, I've seen him in so many things and everything that I see him in. He's really good, you know, just like what I was saying about John Goodman earlier, you know, he's, he's limited into what he can do because of the way he looks. You know, he's not going to be the leading man in a film, but you know, when he's given something, he really goes to town with it and it, and, and he becomes the best part of, of the movie, you know, so. Okay. Well, that's, um, that's pretty much all I've got for this episode. If you got anything else you want to add before I wrap up.
0: Uh, well, I mean, we can talk about a few things. Uh, you've seen X-Men Apocalypse, haven't you?
1: I have, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, I have not, but I have seen the highly controversial poster that's getting a lot of uh, talk about on the Internet, if you want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, The um, the uh, what I read, and I, I didn't read any detailed stories about it, but I read, and they showed a picture on the news of a scene where Apocalypse is holding mystique by her throat Mm -hmm. and so So, there's a lot of controversy that this is showing violence towards women but this is an actual scene out of that actually happens in the film i mean that shot is taken straight from the film so it's not like it was something created just to show violence towards women or whatever
0: right and you know obviously we're both men yeah in case any of the listeners are questioning themselves about that or questioning us Um, so I don't know, maybe we can't say anything. Maybe we can, but here's my take on it. Um, this might be a little bit of the kind of people just getting outraged over something just to be outraged. Uh, I do get it where we do have obviously a male character choking a female character and how that can be disturbing and kind of bump some people. But here's my take on it. You know, apocalypse is so evil. Like, Nobody, like nobody's off limits, and that's really, you know, as an artist, that's what I think they're trying to show through the poster is that, you know, Mystique is, I mean, even though she's kind of a, a bad chick and she can really, like, you know, choke out, yeah, ironically, she can choke out guys with her feet and right. like knock them out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, Apocalypse, there's nobody he won't go after. So, that's what I think they were trying to show when it just kind of, you know, spun out of control with the internet. Yeah, and I mean, she is... But then again, we're white males, so, you know, (laughs) what do we
1: know? She is one of the main characters of the film, so she, obviously, there's going to be fight scenes that have her involved. She's going to get hit, but, and I get, I understand why people would think, would get upset because they're seeing an image of a man being rough with a woman But at the same time, this is a comic book movie and she's one of the super, she's one of the X Men, she's one of the heroes. So obviously, there's going to be some violence towards her. I think a lot of it is just there's people that want to be mad about things.
0: Yeah. Newsflash people, there will be strikes exchanged in a comic book movie. People will be hit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny that. X-Men Apocalypse is rated PG-13, and it's comic book violence, but Jennifer Lawrence on the poster, you know, with this huge controversy. However, in the Hunger Games, we are literally seeing children being murdered, and that was PG-13, and that was somehow okay. I don't remember there being a big outrage around that.
1: No, no. There was a couple of stories that came out of some people that didn't like it, mostly conservative well, websites and things like that but it was based on a book that had been out for a couple of years at the time you know so it's not like it was a brand new story it's just the first time a lot of people some of the people had
0: heard of it because they don't read they just watch movies <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs> right but uh, what i'm trying to get at is you know there's there's people that are just kind of they have that knee-jerk reaction to just be offended by something and yeah. you know Oh yeah. We had a movie where the whole premise of the movie was children being murdered.
1: Yeah. I'm reminded of that every time I log on to Facebook because there's always somebody on there that is offended over the dumbest thing. You know, that's just, I'm, I'm just going to be offended because I need somebody to pay attention to me. And I'm not, I'm not advocating for them to make a film where women are being brutalized. I just that's not what this is what this movie was about. It's a superhero it's a comic movie book movie. Yeah, it's a superhero movie. She's one of the superheroes, so of course she's going to be in peril.
0: And plus you know? like I was saying, you know, Apocalypse is supposed to be so evil that, you know, it doesn't matter if you are man or woman, young or old. He's coming after you. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean sort of like, you know, a Hitler character where he was sort of the same way where it did not matter who you were. He was coming after you. It wasn't where he said, well, you know, I'm only going to go after the men age 31 to 39, you know, living yeah. in this part of the country. It was he was an evil character and everybody was a target. Well, you know, everybody that he was targeting was a target.
1: Yeah. And those people that that are mad about this, you don't see that every episode of Supergirl that comes on, she gets she gets hit by a man. You know like right. but we're not seeing this story every week where, oh, did you see Supergirl last night? They're showing violence against women. It's like they're also showing Supergirl kicking a lot of butt, you know so.
0: <laughs> right, and you know to have a comic book movie where your character, your hero, is not getting hurt and not getting punched and showing a little pain from it is just kind of boring and. You know, we were talking about this on Facebook a little while ago, but that's actually one of the reasons why I'm really, really enjoying Daredevil is because, you know, Daredevil, Matt Murdock, he feels like a human being. He he gets hurt. You know, when he gets punched, he shows pain. He's not this invincible, you know, character where he just kind of keeps moving on and, like, you know, gets hit in the head with a lead pipe and just doesn't phase him at all. He... Gets hurt and shows it. And he bleeds.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's why I find that that character and that show, uh, I've been getting into it recently, is so interesting.
1: Have you, watched, actually, any of, have you watched any of Jessica Jones?
0: I uh, have not. Okay. But now that I got back from my little trip for work, I am hoping to dive back into Daredevil. Okay. Still got to round out the first season, and then I'll be getting into season two. Oh, yeah. Well, and
1: after you, after you finish it, let me know. We'll, we'll, I'll get... Uh, the at least the four guys cuz I don't know if Hachin and Christy have watched it but but I know the four guys we've all seen it so uh we'll have a we'll have a Daredevil we may may, may we may wait until season 3 is about to start or something and kind of do like a refresher episode before season 3 starts
0: is and there the, any idea about when that will be because uh,
1: Netflix it'll, it'll be it'll be next uh when this one came out in what January I think something like that so it'll be Some... the end of the year yeah, we'll do a there. We'll do a Daredevil. Maybe when uh when season 2 of Jessica Jones starts cuz that'll just be a few months from now. That'll be like November. Maybe we'll do a Daredevil Jessica Jones uh centered show where we can talk about what the Netflix Marvel properties and stuff. I mean they they both come up. Sure. You know,
0: so For the screening room, you know, they're going to have this box, and I don't know if it's going to be a thing like what Xbox has where it has uh, built-in cameras and whatnot, but you're definitely, definitely not going to want to set up a camera on a tripod in the back of the room. (laughs) And definitely do not, especially if you have the sound going through a stereo receiver or something like that, definitely do not hook a portable recorder like a Zoom H4n or Roland R26 up to the stereo and record all that sound. Yeah. Definitely do not do that cuz that will be wrong wrong wrong.
1: <laughs> well, I've I've read different things. I've read I've read that there is going to be a system in it that's kind of like the Xbox Kinect. It's not actually like a camera that's recording you, but it can sense how many people are in the room. And it can sense if there, if anybody is uh, using oh, anything to any cameras yeah. or anything pointed at the screen. I I'm don't know. Sure. I don't know how true that is or not. I, I don't know. But well,
0: you know, you're you're gonna have to do the trope from every Scooby Doo show and like have a picture of like somebody in the background, but cut out the eyes and have the eyes be one of your cameras. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of have that on the screen. Right. Uh. Yeah.
1: I'm, there's always somebody that can figure out.
0: There there will be a way around it. We just have to get our hands on the box. Oh, when I say we, I mean the royal we, not myself, of course, because that would be wrong. (laughs) I would not ever, ever do that, Harvey Weinstein, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, definitely do not set up a camera on a tripod in the back of the room. You know, maybe 20 feet if you have the room, depending on the range of this uh, sensor on the box. I don't know.
1: Yep. (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go in here and uh, my wife my wife is me and my wife have been binge watching uh, Nurse Jackie, so we're going to go in here and watch a couple episodes before bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually had to put our TV watching on hold because you know we had that wedding in Michigan, uh, but also we were having the floors redone in the house, and it was too big of a job for me to do myself, so we hired some guys. Yeah, so it was literally. Packing up every room in the house, moving it, like moving everything from the downstairs to upstairs and then they work on that floor and then, you know, moving everything from the upstairs to the downstairs and they're working on that floor. So, you know, our, our TV watching area in the living room is not even set up yet. We can watch TV in the bedroom, but. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen my shows, and I'm kind of Jonesing for some Daredevil. Yes, well, you got your phone. <laughs> yeah, but you know, for something like that, though. Yeah, you don't you know, want to watch it on the big screen,
1: but I did. Um, uh, back when uh, back when my mom was still in the hospital, we went we took a couple of road trips down to see her, and I remember one of the trips on the way back, we had been there down there for a few days, and I was exhausted, so I let my son drive home. And I had my phone out and I was watching Daredevil the whole way home until I fell asleep. (laughs) So I'll probably watch three episodes of Daredevil back to back until I fell asleep.
0: If I ever get into some money and I would like to start a charity that is uh, something where, you know, in hospitals and situations like that, where there can be like a TV. Uh, sort of situation where there could be movies and TV for people to watch. Uh, I had a thing where I was in the hospital for a couple weeks when I was a kid, and they actually had like a cart with a Nintendo, like yeah. the 1980 Nintendo. Yeah. And that was really nice. But the whole reason why that started, and I'll let you go know in a minute, but, you know, during Halloween, I project movies on the garage door and like, you know, scary movies and Halloween stuff theme yeah. like that. Like, you know, Thriller, like the music video or Thriller and kind of stuff like that. And there was a Ghostbusters cut that I did, where it was kind of like, you know, all the action scenes at a Ghostbusters and this, like, trick-or-treater who looked to be about 12 or 13 said, what's that? And I said, what are they... I was like, what? What?" I was confused for a second. (laughs) Like, I thought she was joking. And I'm like, well, what's that? And I was like, "What do they teach you in school these days? What do you mean? What's that? That's Ghostbusters. You should know what that is." Yeah, really. <laughs> so I was like, "You know what? You know, if right. I ever need, if I ever get some money, I shall start a charity where I kind of like take around Ghostbusters and Back to the Future and Indiana Jones and all these films and kind of show these young, these young kids, you know, what they should be watching.
1: They do, you know, in the summertime they do like the." Movies in the park. They've there four or five parks around Birmingham that, and they oh, show yeah. they show some kids' movies, but they also show like Ghostbusters and you know stuff like. Especially this summer because the new one's coming out, so right. they're trying to get everybody ramped up for that.
0: You know. Yeah, and there was a an art theater that was doing when the uh, what was it the Apollo Creed that movie with the Rocky Creed. It,
1: Creed, yeah, Creed. Yeah.
0: So they projected that on the side of a museum, and they have like this kind of like giant hill that faces the building so people are like sitting on the hill watching the movie yeah but yeah i mean just you know i like the kind of idea of doing something in a hospital setting because it can get so boring as a patient just sitting there in a hospital and you know the tv in the hospital doesn't necessarily show anything good ironically though there's actually a picture that i took i'll post it on facebook if i can find it but I had to have surgery on my neck, and I was actually watching Ghostbusters while I was in the hospital. Oh, really? It was a TV cut though, so there was commercials and all in it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's,
1: that's yeah, that's one of my favorites, and I, I don't even mind uh, Ghostbusters 2. I can, I mean, it's I Ghostbusters, I, I I'm not, it's not, it's not as good, but you know, I don't really have a problem with it. It's, I saw it when I was a kid when it came the in the theater when it came out, same summer as Batman. You know, so that was a big summer for me.
0: <laughs> well, so. um, I'll wrap things up, but what's the... I'm looking up the date of the new one. Uh, I think it's it like
1: is, July the 15th, I think.
0: Okay, yeah, it is July 15th. So why don't we do this? Um, whoever's going to be on the show, and I, if I could be on this one, I would really enjoy it. We watch the first two movies... And maybe then watch the third one and then do a show, or watch the first and second, do a show, then see the third and let that come up on the next show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, It just depends on uh, if everybody can get out to the theater to watch it that week. Right. July the 15th. That's a Friday. So hopefully everybody. but we could definitely do a a Ghostbusters centered show even if you and I are the only ones that see it
0: yeah Yeah, it was a huge part of my life growing up I actually uh, had a suit like a custom made because my mom's friend was a seamstress Yeah, and because you know when I was four there wasn't like a whole lot of material so she made her son and me like a suit and I had the proton pack and everything so it was a huge part of growing up I had all the toys and everything like that and I just, I love it, and I'm not a huge fan of the trailers that I've seen of the new one, but I'm probably still going to go see it opening night.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'll see it opening night, but I'll probably see it that weekend sometime. So
0: Okay, well, I'm going to I'm
1: gonna wrap things up, and uh, that's going to pretty much do it for this episode of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. Uh, real quick, I want to tell you guys how you can get a get a hold of us. You can email me directly at SeanRay at CosmicPotato.com. Send me an email, let me know what you like about the show Let me know what we got wrong When we were talking about this stuff uh, Anything that you want to add You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter Just do a quick search of Cosmic Potato You'll find us And of course uh, our website is CosmicPotato.com uh, As far as where you can get the show It's available on iTunes It's available on Stitcher Spreaker, Google Play uh, All that stuff So just go to wherever you normally get your podcasts and search for us and you'll find us. And I would really love it. If you would go to iTunes, even if you don't get the show from iTunes, go to iTunes and leave us a five star review and, uh, say something, uh, about the show. And that's going to help us get in front of more people so that we'll get more listeners and grow the show that way. So, uh, that's gonna pretty much do it uh anthony thanks for being here tonight i appreciate it
0: oh thank you very much and you know if there are any listeners that were ever offended by anything we said you know you can send the hate mail to me directly at john irons at cosmicpotato.com. <laughs> yeah he's gonna love that <laughs> okay uh,
1: all right everybody uh take care of yourselves we'll see you in the future